is part one of our special edition podcast on LGBTQIA plus and pride. There's some topics within this podcast that some people may find disturbing. As usual, at the end of the podcast, you will be able to find information on A, support groups and B, where you can find out more information on the terms used. So sit back, enjoy and listen. It's Joe here from Two Women in Tech. Welcome to another one of our podcasts. We're very privileged today to have some amazingly cool people with us, especially in June with it being the month of Pride. So we're doing a focus on all things LGBTQIA plus in this session. And so we're hoping to bring lots of knowledge, information and general chatter, banter and giggles along the way. So let me hand you over to Sapphire, who is my awesome co-host, and away we go. Welcome. So today we are going to discuss bias with the LGBTQIA community. So we have a few people with us today. We have uh, Kelly. Say hi, Kelly. Hi. Hi. Uh, we have <laughs> Leah. Hiya. And we have Dabina. Abana. Hi. Sorry. Sorry, that was my fault. Um, I so it's a big first time. Apologies, Abana. <laughs> Abana. Is, is it Abena? Yes, well, that's the closest. Well, really, it's Abena, but when it's anglicised, the closest that people usually get to is Abena or Abena. So that's fine. Let's, let's, let's do it with Abena. I think that's good. Right. Kelly, if you can just kind of give us a little overview of your situation, I know it would be good to have it in your own words. Okay, right. I am an asexual agender person who is part of a polycule so for those that are like what's that it's basically the term used for a group of people who are in a relationship as it were and two of those people just happen to be in the podcast today it's joan leah (laughs) i think that's that's a good summary yeah yeah fair enough (laughs) thank you and leah could you just give us a little summary i am a transgender female i i am polyamorous pansexual um i'm part of joe's polycule but only as a, a non-participant, shall we say. Um, it's, it's, it's more like I, I was a bad, bad itch that wouldn't go away. I just kept turning up and, and there we are. <laughs> and Thank Bina, you. can you do a brief introduction about yourself, please, my lovely? I'm gay. During Pride Month, it's absolutely key that people understand Pride isn't about non-heteronormative ideals on people it's about embracing who we are having allies who who get us who understand us and actually having a voice for people who are not heteronormative one of the the things i always find interesting and i'd be keen to to get your opinions on it is when people go why do they have to put gay characters into things it's not necessary or why do they have to make them gay i think the power of representation is so key especially for the younger generation struggles so much with coming to terms with who they are that I think that representation helps bring that comfort and and sense of empowerment and acceptance into the world how important do you think that is actually today still do you think it's still relevant do you think it's still important or do you think people who have those attitudes need to do some reading and go away and (laughs) and learn to broaden their experience somewhat you know um i mean as an intersectional individual it's not just the fact that i'm gay i'm also black i'm also a woman so it's really difficult to find representation because i might find representation in the fact that somebody is a woman but i experience a different sort of 
life because I'm a black woman. I experience a different life because I'm a black gay woman. So representation is so important. And I, I remember growing up, I was in the closet for a very, 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 very long time. I'm a late bloomer. I came out when I was 32. When I was a teenager, I remember Channel 4 was the place to be where you mm -hmm. wanted to do yeah. something alternative. There, there wasn't really the internet. And Channel 4 had programs about gay people it, there was this thing called sugar rush that i used to watch yeah. Yeah. and i remember tiny little tv in my bedroom and um i would watch sugar rush on the tv and it would make me think oh okay perhaps it's not so weird and at school i was i was very outspoken and i and i said i said to my my, my best friend i asked her if i could kiss her and she said no because she's straight i really wanted to explore that part of myself but i couldn't because there was nothing, there was absolutely nothing. The closest I could get to it would, would be Channel 4. And so in the end, I sort of withdrew back into the heteronormative path because there was, there was no way that I could explore it. And it's really, really funny because now as an adult, when I, when I came out when I um, was 32, because of the internet, I was actually able to go onto dating sites and actually meet women on dating sites. I was able to go to meetups. I don't know if you've heard of meetups, but there were lots of um, gay meetups. But also I really, really wanted to know that I wasn't the only gay black person in the village. So I specifically went to a meetup that was called um, POC meetup. So it was for black um, Asian you know, ethnic minority people. So I could actually go to that meetup, meet up with other gay people who had the same experiences. And I remember talking to them about my mum's reaction to me coming out and they all understood. I didn't have to explain it in detail because they all understood. And that was so important. And now I look at younger people and I think you're so lucky because when you come out, instead of feeling like you are completely on your own, even though you might not be able to meet people in person, you've got Instagram, you've got Discord, you've got some people still, and I think, you know, the gay community still use Tumblr. You've got all of these different social media avenues where you can feel like, yeah, I'm part of a community. I might not see these people every day, but I can talk to them every day and I can feel that I'm not abnormal i'm not some weirdo because even if i'm a weirdo there are some other weirdos out there too so that is so important but also seeing yourself in books seeing yourself in music videos funny i was talking to my daughter about um a book i read this uh, website called autostraddle if any of you have he ever heard of it not when i've heard of brilliant it's sex positive, mm. it's political, it's a lesbian interest one. So obviously because I identified as a lesbian originally, but it has lots of trans stuff on it now and it's actually becoming more and more inclusive. It's um, American, but they are including English things in as well. They had these books. I love using uh, reading young adult books and they had a book called um, Cinderella is Dead. And I remember thinking, oh, I want to read that. And it had a black um, protagonist on the front and my daughter and she was saying, oh, mummy, I want to read that. That sounds interesting. And I said to her, do realise, I think I've seen it already somewhere and I'm not sure if it's age appropriate for you. And you do realise that I think the, the main protagonist actually has a, a relationship with another girl. She was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> Which I love about my daughter. And I said, I'm going to read it first. And then if it's suitable, then you can read it. But it meant so much. This was just in the Waterstones. 
it was one of the main books in the window and she saw that and that is a black gay girl for a young adult book and it was right in the um, in the window it wasn't in the back hidden away it was right there and that's why my daughter could see it and say i want to read that and that means so much i think you're right and kelly we were talking about this the other day because found that video from the kids program oh what the blues clues pride one yes yes and i remember listening to it you're going i feel validated for the first time i feel part of something i guess for yourself you know you've experienced bias from both the lgbtq community as well as not feeling part of it because they haven't recognized your asexual aromantic and that it's possible to be both of those things and still be in a poly relationship and how how does that make you feel from a a perspective in a word it's kind of horrible in a way because it's like you know sort of obviously like being asexual agender by romantic it's like i know full well i'm not part of the sort of quote-unquote straight community as it were but to then have the lgbt community turn and say oh well you're not allowed to be part of our community because basically asexuality isn't lgbt and that kind of thing it's like it's almost as if the community has become so sexualized Mm. that that anything that's like comes under the umbrella that's non-sexual it's like oh well you don't count because you don't want to bonk everything in sight 24 7. it's not all about shoving parts in each other all the time you know sort of like love is just like all sorts of things so it can be extremely frustrating when it's like nobody wants me as part of their community as it were and it took a bloody kids show to turn around and say well actually poke all of that lot because you know you are valid regardless of what other people might spout off and it's like i'm sat here crying over a sodding kids video that's made me feel validated when the adults can't even take two seconds to do the same you know oh i love you so much Kelly. yeah it's just and i'm gonna shut up before i do the feelings and emotions thing it's like no no i don't do that shut up (laughs) (laughs) and i guess from you leah i mean you you have the, the challenge especially from social media where you see all these posts around you're not a real woman unless you're born that way and you have all these reactions around the transgender community and i just think it's it's very difficult probably even harder for for trans people to find who they are accept who they are having recently seen florida is is banning trans women and girls from competing in female races how how does that make you feel how to deal with that kind of negativity and oppression in relation uh, to your day-to-day life me it's the only way i can describe it is mm-hmm. is it's tiring you get to a point where you just want to step back and go no i can't i can't deal with this today you look at the like the fear behind it and a lot of it is down to misinformation and fear rather than actual anything based in science really weird there's been a recent pile on with stonewall from very right wing or very gender critical views and it's it's been really hard because as soon as you put anything up about that those gender critical people are jumping on on your posts and calling you out they'll find the the smallest thing that that could be classified as an aggression a microaggression and they say, well, this is how all trans people react. And it's it's a case of that 
it's not that we react like that. We're tired. We're very, very tired of fighting for just basic rights. All we want to do is just live our lives and go to the toilet in, in, in peace. I haven't been swimming in a public swim, uh, swimming pool for nearly seven years because I'm afraid of what, what would happen. And I know the laws are in place to stop that sort of thing, but you just you just know something like that's probably going to happen at some point. And I'd rather avoid it than than be confronted with someone saying blah 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 blah. There's someone in, in the in the toilet that's waving their finger around, even though you might be in a cubicle. People still make stuff up, and you end up being the bad guy, even though you're doing nothing wrong. What gets me though is people will say like trans people are just pretending to be trans so they can attack women and girls. It's like there's men attacking women and girls now. Why are you picking on the trans community? Yeah, one of the hardest things for me is accused of a rapist. I'm a rape survivor. Someone accusing me of being a rapist is absolutely heartbreaking and it destroys me every time. Knowing, thinking that someone sees me like that is heartbreaking. Picking up on that and post on Facebook where somebody had commented on on that very fact and the response was maybe the problem is these people need to be more afraid of predatory people than actually yeah. worrying whether somebody who's trans is going to do something because if they're if they're predatory they're going to be predatory regardless of mm. what their gender mm. and their sex is they're going to be predatory in nature and that's yeah. what they need to be afraid of not exactly it's like they're sort of quick to jump down the throats of trans people but they're ignoring the fact that these predatory, horrible people have always existed. It's like, why are you not doing something about them rather than thinking, oh, let's just blame it on trans people because we can't be bothered to do anything else. But I would also say it's being trans is difficult enough. You know, I'm obviously I'm not trans, but I empathise because my partner's trans. You would not, by choice, decide to go through this much on a daily basis. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Why would, if somebody wants to rape somebody, why would they bother being ridiculed to the point where, you know, they, they dress up and they, they, they dress up and pretend to be a woman so that they can go rape somebody? If they want to rape somebody, they can rape somebody however they look. You don't have to pretend to be anybody to go and rape somebody. Exactly. Nobody choose to be, to be ridiculed, chastised, treated like rubbish the way that trans people are treated. Nobody would choose to do that on a daily basis unless they had to because that is who they are. You wouldn't choose it. Someone summed it up quite nicely that there are actually less checks in place to become, a, say, a policeman who can quite freely walk into a woman's toilet without any repercussions mm. and than there is to be a trans person. So it, yeah. it's one of those things that I don't think people see the bigger picture no. of what we go through on a daily basis. No. I couldn't believe how many things that had to go through before he could actually start transitioning. And I couldn't believe that he had to actually speak to a psychotherapist and get a certificate to say. So basically, it, it, it just it, it's abhorrent that he has to have a certificate to say that basically he has some sort of mental problem, yeah. mental issue. And because he has the mental issue, taking the, the testosterone is a way of sort of it is pathologizing being trans. So because you have a mental problem, because you think that you're this other gender, we're going to give you a medicine to help you with that. That's what he had to admit to, to be able to actually transition. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's, quite, there's quite a lot of talk at the moment. It's actually become a, a registered thing that the, the key points for a mental disorder aren't there for it to, for it to be class, classified as a mental disorder. So Yeah, I mean, you had to comply with 
the need to identify yourself as having a mental disorder to be able to to start transitioning. It's yeah. wrong. It's wrong. It, it is. Uh, every single research paper now states that it is a biological thing. It's not something that is made up on the spot or and there's no such thing as rapid onset gender dysphoria. It's all everything that trans people have been saying for decades is now being taken seriously and people are going, Oh well, maybe we were wrong. And it's like, Well, yeah, we knew you were wrong, but we just had to wait for you to catch up. I must say, since being with a trans man, I you know, I've always tried to be as inclusive as possible. And, you know, I have trans friends and, you know, it's one of these things that people say, oh, I have black friends, so I can't be racist. <laughs> you know, I have trans friends. I didn't really understand until I actually met my partner. He is a man. You know, I'm a Christian and I even say, I don't know what God was doing on that day because he's just a man. Joke with my fiance that like someone didn't get the memo on the day that like he was, I suppose, um, conceived and they sort of like accidentally made him a girl instead of a guy. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like, I, always, I say it jokingly just to cheer him up if he's having a rotten day because of yeah. dysphoria or whatever. I'll yeah. be like, you will be a, like physically a guy soon. Someone just didn't get the memo in the first yeah. place and they got it wrong. <laughs> I now want to start calling our partner Pinocchio. The people that take the mickey out themselves the most are, are trans people themselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Mm. You're saying that, yes, he is a man. Everything about him is a man. One of my ex-partners, when I was still identifying as male, identifying as non-binary at the time, but she's since had uh, relationships with male partners and and she said, we, w- we weren't in a, in a male-female relationship because everything about the way our relationship was was a gay relationship, was a, was mm. a female-female relationship because mm. who I am, just that sort of thing that we just didn't see it at the time. Yeah, because you are who you are, you see. It's not the case that even when you don't realise it or you haven't come to terms with it yourself, when there's somebody who is close enough to you, they can actually see who you are yeah. and they see that you are not what, you're pretending to be or what other people externally see you as and actually you can be trans without wearing certain clothes or whatever there are you know there are trans people who they're trans regardless of if they're wearing women's clothes or they're wearing men's clothes because clothes are you know we gender clothes but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't stop you from being who you are i've heard i've heard the phrase um clothes are costume yeah, yeah. I have to say, I did some um, research last night and uh, this week, but I think any amount of research could have prepared me uh, for, for listening to, to what you've been saying. It's really shocking. I have to say, like, I've never even thought about, I, well, I've never had to think really um, about kind of a little bit of anything that you guys have mentioned. So it's, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, I'm just going quiet. <laughs> so, thank you so much for opening up really it's, it's so it's so appreciative and i'm learning a lot i feel like if i was on mastermind this would be like my specialist subject <laughs> <laughs> okay lee your specialist subject is the pride flag <laughs> <laughs> If you want to find out more information around the rights and issues discussed in this podcast, please check out the following websites. Stonewall Organisation stands for inclusion and equality, regardless of sex and gender. 
find out more, visit www.stonewall.org.uk. That's www.stonewall.org.uk. Trevor Space is part of the Trevor Project, which focuses on suicide prevention amongst the LGBTQIA community. Details on the Trevor Project can be found here at www.thetrevorproject.org. That's www.thetrevorproject.org. Trevor Space is a safe online forum for children aged 13 to 24 struggling with their sexuality where they can talk to other people experiencing the same questions and or find allies to support them through owning who they are. The Trevor Space can be found at www.trevorspace.org. That's www.trevorspace.org. The LGBT Foundation focuses on providing a range of services in supporting the LGBT communities. They provide a range of services including, but not limited to, counselling, ally service, surgery advice, domestic and substance abuse and more. To contact this foundation, you can call them on 0345 That's 0345 303030 or alternatively you can contact them through their website on lgbt.foundation that's lgbt.foundation The It Gets Better organisation is there to connect, empower and uplift those within the LGBTQ plus communities around the globe with a focus on the youth. Details can be found at itgetsbetter.org. That's itgetsbetter.org. For those struggling or who need help with the after effects and trauma of rape, you can contact the Rape Crisis on rapecrisis.org.uk. That's rapecrisis.org.uk. Or you can call them directly on 0808-802-9999. That's 0808-802-9999. They're open between 12 and 2.30 and 1900 to 21.30 every day GMT time. Details on some of the websites we mentioned are below. Meetup is a dating site and can be found at www.meetup.com. That's www.meetup.com. Autostraddle is an online digital forum whose aims are to challenge the white heteronormative landscapes of the media industry with a focus on queer women, whether that be trans, bi, non-binary and just generally don't fit into societal norms. You can find their details on www.autostraddle.com. That's www.autostraddle.com. 
To learn more about the terms used in this podcast, visit the following websites where you can find a range of information, books and more, which explain gender and sexuality, explain the Kinsey scale, along with breaking down of gender and sexual identity and stereotypes from the preconceived societal norms. To explore the Kimsey scale and to look at various labels with preconceived biases, check out Minority Monsters by Tab Kimpton. This can be found at his Discord comic store, which is www.discordcomics.com. That's www.discordcomics.com. For all things deliciously queer, pride and love, check out your class at www.joeglasscomics.co.uk That's www.joeglasscomics.co.uk For more information around more than two relationships, check out Kamichi Cuddles, who runs an online comic strip and blog called Ask Me About Polyamory. It can be found at kamichiscuddles.com That's kamichiscuddles.com For ethical non-monogamy information, check out Frankel Viewers books and blogs on www www.morethan2.com That's www.morethan2.com For more information on transgender check out PFLAG which is a large resource of tools and information and allies within the LGBTQIA plus communities that is pflag.org that's pflag.org finally if you just want to celebrate the unusual and explore the unknown and challenge the social norms subvert actively promotes diversity and self-love in whatever form that may take you can find more information on subvert at www.subvertmag.com that's www.subvertmag.com hope you enjoyed this first part of our extended pride podcasts don't forget to look out for the remainder of them coming soon so thanks for listening and stay safe